Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I one of the few? In Jesus' day, there were factions among Jews and disagreements as to the teaching of Scripture. There were various groups who felt that theirs was the correct way. So, for example, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, these were different groups in, uh, among the Jews, and they disagreed about what the Scripture taught. Um, n- now we have uh, uh, many people who are following Jesus. Yet another group, another faction. Jesus was heading to Jerusalem. That's more than just a geographical pointer or uh, uh, just a fill-in of information. This is the mission that Jesus is on. When, it, when, when Luke says Jesus was headed to Jerusalem, what he's saying is that Jesus was headed to the cross to die for your sins. That's what he's saying when he says he was headed to Jerusalem. A man asked him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Just think about that question for a minute. I mean, there's a sense of personal need and longing in this question that the man is asking for his own sake. Am I saved? Is mine the right way? Am I part of the right group? And then at the same time, you could also look at it and say that he was presuming that he was saved, but he was saying, Jesus, those that will be saved are few, right? I mean, like, certainly not all these people are going to be saved. Uh, am, Am I one of the inside group? Do I have the inside track? Am I part of the right club? I mean, there is that sense also. And we don't know for sure how he was asking, what was the condition of his heart, and how was he asking this question. But we can see how Jesus answers. Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The word strive is agonizomai, and it refers to a struggle as in like an athletic contest. In fact, I have two commentaries I use heavily, and both of them, those commentators, translated it struggle. And I went and looked it up in my Greek lexicon, and sure enough, it's struggle. And And yet, Practically every English translation says strive, but I, I prefer struggle, and I think you'll see why after, after a while. Struggle, you could say, struggle to enter through the narrow door. And there is also a warning that many will not be able to enter. If this question was posed by the man with the hope of receiving assurance, I do not think that Jesus gave him what he was looking for. You know, if he was looking to, to be affirmed, yes, yes, you're, you know, it will be few, but don't worry, you're on the right track. Jesus didn't give him that answer. Jesus is, I, th- I think with this account, I think um, of the young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus is like, okay, well, look, if you're going to ask me a law question, I'm going give, to give you a law answer. What must you do to be saved? Well, keep all the commandments. Oh, and you lack one thing. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then follow me, you'll have riches in heaven. And the guy goes away depressed because he can't, he realizes he can't do that. He can't do. And that's the whole point. Jesus is saying, you asked me a law question, I gave you a law answer. Okay, but 
What are we looking for? It's the gospel answer. What has Jesus done for us? It's not what must I do to be saved. It's what has Jesus done for me that I might be saved. Anyway, I think that there's the same sense in this question that he's asking. And um, it's not about being part of the in club. That's what he's telling them. It's not, it's not about that. It's about seeking to, uh, striving to enter through the narrow door. What must I do, Jesus? Struggle. That's what you must do. That's what Jesus says. Struggle. So what does it mean to struggle? Uh-oh. Pastor, are you now teaching works righteousness? A righteousness that comes from my keeping of the law? That's what I hear when I hear words like strive and struggle. Makes it sound like I got to do something. Our sinful mind is filled with pride. So we will always look for ways that we can earn our own keep or do what must be done to earn our salvation. That's what our mind naturally does. We're drawn to that. Let me, let me take things into control for myself and do what I can do. So help me understand what it means to struggle because I'm going to do that struggling thing. I'm going to struggle. Oh, and the door is narrow, right? Why is the door narrow? Oh, because God's law is, is demanding. So the, the door is narrow. Keeping that law, it's a path you've got to stay on. So you've got to struggle and strive down this narrow path keeping the law of God all the while. And then, then perhaps maybe you will enter through that narrow door that's at the end. See, that's what kind of is, in, is evoked through this image of a narrow door. And that is utterly and totally wrong. That is a misconception of this entirely. So if that's the thought that you had, perish that thought. And, and I will tell you why. I will give you good reason as we go on. But I will explain what it means in this sense to struggle. But before we do that, I want to jump forward and then we'll come back to it. Okay, so we jump forward in our lesson and those who are caught outside the door, unable to enter, Jesus says that they will say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And how fascinating that, we don't, that they don't say we ate and we drank with you and you taught us and we received your teaching. That's not what they say. They say you taught in our streets. You ate in our presence. You see the difference? In other words, Jesus says that they will appeal to their outward connection to him. It doesn't mean that they have trusted or believed his message. It doesn't mean that. It means that they're looking at their outward connection. You were present in our streets. They don't repent of their evil ways. They simply rely on their position, their connection to God. We are fine, upstanding Jews, you might say. That's the way they're looking at it. We are fine, upstanding Jews. We have kept the law. We were here when you came through our streets. We didn't receive your teaching with faith, but hey, we are still here, fine, upstanding Jews. Jesus says, depart from me, all you workers of evil. Meanwhile, these people who thought that they were close, because they did, they thought they were close to Jesus because of their outward connection 
They are fine, upstanding Jews. But they will be quite upset when they see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets, and they're all in the kingdom. And these people who thought they were close are cast out. People, uh, meanwhile, this is to add insult to injury. Jesus says people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at the table, recline at table in the kingdom of God. Ouch. He's basically saying, there's going to be all these Gentiles, the people that are like dogs to y'all, all these Gentiles from all around, they're going to be coming and they will be honored guests in my kingdom. You who thought you were close because of your outward connection to me, because you are part of the chosen people, because you were here in the streets when I was teaching and preaching. No, no. You won't be there. But all these dogs around you, all of these Gentile dogs, they will come. And people, a great multitude will come. Incidentally, if you look at your bulletin cover, which I don't pick out that artwork, it's just what's what's on there. You You could think, you know, perhaps there would be like a narrow door pictured on the front. And I'm so glad it is not because that's probably one cover I would have had to like cross out and like paste on top of it a different cover. But what you see is a multitude of people coming from east and west. Jesus uh, caps off this astonishing statement about the Gentiles coming in uh, and confirms it with this final verse. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. What this means is that there are some who are very near to God and his means of grace, specifically Jesus Christ. They're with them. That would be the Jewish people. And they have been called out by God and they have been given his word. They have been chosen as the ones to whom the Messiah first comes. Remember, he comes first to the lost sheep of Israel. They're very near to the means of salvation, and yet they won't receive him. They won't receive his teaching. So you could say that they're first because here they are very close to the means of salvation, and yet they're last because they're not receiving his teaching. And then you flip that around. Who are the last? Those that are furthest away from the means of grace which is the Gentiles. They're they're, they're not part of God's chosen. They're all that scattered around living like heathen pagans. But they will hear the message. Now notice, it's some, some. It's not all. Some Jews are near, but they will not, but they will be last. Some Gentiles are far or last, but they will be first. So it's not, it's not an all-inclusive thing because it's not, that's the whole point. It's not about being in this particular community or having this, this uh, Jewish lineage. It's about, being, it's about Jesus Christ and having faith in Christ. That's what this is about. <clears throat> Let's step back now to this word strive or as I prefer to say struggle. What does it mean to strive or struggle to enter through the narrow door. Simply put, it means to believe the message of Jesus Christ, to believe 
The message of the cross. That is what this means. The message of the cross. To believe that you are sinful. That no good works that you could do could possibly earn your salvation. You can't pay for your own sins. You can't ransom yourself. You're stuck. Someone has to come from outside and ransom you. That's what this struggle is, is to believe that, that Jesus Christ is the ransom. He is the one who has come to ransom you from your sin. It's to believe that in his suffering and death on the cross, he has secured your salvation. God gives you faith and he gives you repentance. That's the struggle. And and that's what this struggle is. It is repentance. And this repentance is the humility to say, have mercy on me, a sinner. And God both demands and gives you repentance in his means of grace, which is preaching his word to you, hearing the law and that condemns you, that says, my sin, I am a sinful person, and God is holy and righteous. It's hearing that. God works faith in you through that means of grace, through that word. The door is only narrow in the sense that you may enter it through repentance, okay? You may only enter through repentance. Repentance is the only way you go through this narrow door, but it is as wide as east is from west from, in, from the standpoint that God opens it to all who repent. Is that the work I have to do is repent? No, 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 it's not a work. It is God's gift to you. He gives you repentance. If you find yourself saying, have mercy on me, a sinner, it's not, you haven't done that yourself. God works that in you through his word and through his sacrament, through his means of grace. Jesus walked in the flesh among these people, Jews, and some of them received him and they repented of their sins and they were saved. And those are Christians. They're not Jews. They're Christians. They're the apostles, the disciples who Jesus used to proclaim the gospel and to build the church. Was Paul a Jew? Well, yeah, he was the he was Jew par excellence. But he forsakes that and says, no, I'm a Christian. It's, it's not he's not clinging to his Judaism. He's clinging to Christ. Some heard that and were saved. Some of the Jews did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They would not receive his teaching. They cannot fall back on their lineage. It doesn't matter if they are a biological child of Abraham. To be saved means that you are a a child of Abraham by faith. It's those who call upon the Lord, those who look to their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Those are the children of Abraham. And just the same way that Jesus walked among them in the flesh, he now walks among you in this world by his holy word. Some will receive his word and some will not. Those who receive his word receive him. Those who do not receive his word are cast out. Everyone here 
has drawn near. You have all drawn near. You've received his promise in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've received his body and his blood in the sacrament for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive it. You've heard, you've drawn near and heard his word preached to you. His word of consolation that Christ has taken upon himself all of your sins. You may, you may very well now dis- despair of any good works. Jesus does not need your good works. Your neighbor does need your good works. So don't stop doing them. But I know you won't stop doing them. Why? Because it's Christ that's given you a new heart that desires to do good works for your neighbors, just like you desire to breathe without thinking about it. You just do it because that's what we do. We're humans. We breathe. Well, as Christians, you will do good works, and that's great. And the world is a better place on account of that. It's not disparaging that. But when I say despair of your good works, I mean, categorize them. Put them off to the side. These offer nothing toward your salvation. And that's the narrow door. The narrow door is the door of repentance. Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And God gives you the faith to say, he has had mercy on me, a sinner, and I am saved. Receive his word and receive him, your Savior. Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, for your sins, who was raised on the third day, who ascended into heaven, and who now lives to make intercession for you. Come and recline at table in the kingdom of God. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.